Welcome to Illuminate Greatness, the podcast that explores the latest trends in marketing and public relations and highlights the most positively powerful brands and people who are making a difference in our world. And now your host, entrepreneur, marketing and public relations expert, advocate, spiritual explorer, mother, and founder of Olive Creative Strategies, Jennifer Borba von Stauffenberg. Welcome to Illuminate Greatness. I am so happy to be here today with Meryl Klimau. She is somebody who brings me so much joy on a daily basis. If you are not connected with her through social media, you absolutely <laughs> have to because she's so funny. Not only is she funny, she's a total badass. She has been doing some incredible stuff out in the world, and that's why we're talking to her today. She is a media personality and co-host of The Cantori Show with Chris Cantori on 100.7. Got it. She's the co-creator and co-host of The yeah. Campfire Shit Show, which is hilarious and totally worthwhile. You need to download those podcasts and make sure that you are listening to those, but not during the morning yeah. because in the morning you need to be tuned into oh, yeah. The Cantori Show. I thought you were going to say not in the morning because it's too vulgar. No. <laughs> I'm like, well, that too. Yeah. Not, not with kids. And Yeah. Not with kids and was was yep. the show marketing manager and podcast host at the belly up and she was also a comedy writer for the tonight in san diego show and she's currently the co-host of what's good digital series on listen sd yeah yeah and <laughs> one of her favorite things she tells me is that she's also a writer for podfly podcast production company right it's a lot of coffee I drink to you got do a all lot that. Of stuff yeah. going on. <laughs> it's like, and she cries herself to sleep at night. <laughs> How did you decide on this path? What yeah. is it that got you here? Where did you start? Honestly, I started, I was, it's funny because I was very, very focused, like hyper focused in my college years of only of working in a music venue. That's all I wanted to do. And I was very set on it. I'm from Pennsylvania. So it was similar off mic. You and I were talking about your Cindy Lauper experience and, yeah. you know, having that inspiration of seeing her and just have it click. Like, I need to be involved with this somehow. I had that very strongly with the band Live from the 90s. Awesome. So I went to go see them. Much cooler than... <laughs> I don't know. I thought a lot of people would say Cindy Lauper's way cooler. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But I saw Live there from my home state in Pennsylvania. And upon immediately seeing them, I was... I said, I need to, like, work with bands. And it got me on this path of just... Stu- I went home and bought the album and, like, studied the liner notes of who was what. And then that oh, led cool. me to, like, music publicity. What's that? You know, how can I be a music publicist? So, you had my dream job for such a long time. Yeah, it was definitely, a, it, it, it was a dream job for like that era of my own desires, I think, and stuff. So I went to school for music industry and right at the time that I was graduating was when the music, the record labels were all kind of like collapsing in on each other. And, you know, me. yeah, was, my heart was broken because my whole vision for my future just completely shifted in one year. And I remember going to the MP3 conference. Oh, really? And... Ice tea, I think it was. It was <laughs> on stage talking about how it was changing, and I was I, I literally sat there and thought, like, what am I going to do with my future? I know. Yeah, and all these people that I had known that were like a few years ahead of me got these great jobs at Sony and you know record labels, yeah. and then all of a sudden it all went away. So I kind of switched my focus to more venue related stuff, and I got a great job here in California at a legendary venue called the Belly Up, and I worked there for about nine or ten years doing marketing and marketing the shows. So yeah, it is kind of a dream job of like telling people about concerts basically is the non-fancy way to say it. And then 
the same way that I kind of got the concert bug around like about a decade of working there, I really started getting more of the podcast bug. And I was like, I see this being the new up and coming thing. And instead of music, I found myself really listening to podcasts. And I kind of just fell in love with the medium in general and decided, hey, I had all these great artists come in night after night and I, we have access to them no one is getting to meet them or talk to them kind of like the way that we are on the inside track so I started the belly up podcast so and, and so fun for you to find yes. sit down with people and ask them all the questions it's like cool get a selfie with an artist that's not really that cool but actually to be able to ask them what they do, how they yeah. do it, what inspires them, why. It's just so cool. And we would always start out with like, can you take 10 minutes out? And they said yes. And then we'd get like the best tequila. We'd find out from their tour manager, like what exactly their dream drink was. And we just magically have it there. And 45 minutes later, we'd be like laughing about their Cocker Spaniel at home or something. So I think that really broke the mold for me in terms of getting over, you know, I was sitting sitting down with people like Mick Fleetwood and CeeLo and Jimmy Buffett. And and I think it like, you know, when you just kind of like throw yourself into something, I think that kind of set the framework for me to like do things even if I feel afraid to do them. Mm-hmm. And then that led to, I love the podcast, but I decided I wanted to be more of like a freelance person. And I just think like the typical as, even as rock and roll as a job it, that it was, it like, I just, I'm too ADD and too interested in growing and kind of like expanding that I couldn't really stay in like a Monday through Friday type Mm -hmm. of job. So I went freelance for a while and I was, that's where I got my job at Podfly. It was working and writing and still do uh, writing for podcasts. And I really enjoyed the like freelance and remote. I'm definitely like a digital nomad kind of girl. So I did that for about a year and then I just recently got pulled back into the Monday through Friday grind. How is the shift back? (laughs) This is like the only type of job I think I would do back in a traditional structure. And it, it sounds so millennial of me, but it's really just more thinking about like <laughs> different, like, you know, you think about like how much time you have in a day and kind of how you want to structure it. And I'm very big on people, like some people, I think some people like structure and they know where they're going. You know, so I have some friends that are like, the thought of freelancing would give them a great panic attack because they don't know what's around the corner. But for right. me, that almost like gives me creativity and totally. kind of, you know, it heightens the experience. There's certain people who are driven by it. It's like you always have the confidence in knowing that something is going to work out and yeah. be better than you expected. And so for that personality type, which I can tell from just what you put out in the world, that you're so optimistic. Aww, and it works yeah. out for you because you're so talented. <laughs> but you just don't have to worry. Yeah. I think it is really important for certain people to have consistent to know where it's coming from and some people don't like to exactly and I like I really appreciate both and I think we need both types of people in the middle too you know I think it takes all kinds but for me too I think it was definitely interesting the first time around at this job asking for a vacation day because I've just like I'm like I ask you like no this is my free time like so I think I'm kind of like the kid that would play by by herself with like the blocks and be like just let me do what I want to do so uh so yeah so speaking of that kid, little Meryl, uh-huh. did she want to do this? Like, oh, what did yeah. she want to be when she grew up? It's really funny you should say that because we had to write like a, I think in fifth or sixth grade, basically like we had to write our manifesto of like what we what we wanted to accomplish cool. in life. And I still have it and I look at it quite often and I said, I want to be living in California, like writing comedy. I, that, I was very specific. I said Burbank <laughs> and there's still time, who knows, but I was very like even living in Pennsylvania, having really no clue wow. about anything else. I was very like, uh, I will be in California and I will be like either a writer or a performer 
And I also wrote down, like, I won't marry someone that rich <laughs> or, or so handsome. I don't know. I mean, my boyfriend's very, very handsome. But, like, it was really funny how, like, I at the time was also very reasonable with my choices when I was, like, six years old. I'm like, so I'll take cute. just, like, a nice man. And so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just have had it in my mind to, like, I, like, I don't know. I, don't... I think it's interesting. I've known since I was six years old what I wanted to do. Really? Well, Yeah. There's not very many people that can say that. No. And I think also, too, we're seeing all of us are, I mean, there's knowing what you want to do. And then I think there's also the periods in time where you have to do other things to, to like, either supplement what you want to do or, right. you know, basically, like, hinge jobs where it's like, I'm doing this, but I'm also working towards this. And so totally. I definitely see a lot in the, I mean, you probably see that, too, in, like, the careers that we've chosen. There, There's nothing wrong with taking some time to, like, think about what you want to do, but then also taking different jobs in the meantime. Totally. Yeah. I think it's important to explore things. I explore it still, even with this company. I mean, part of this podcast coming to life is that I felt like I needed to be challenged in a new way. Yeah. I needed to look at the relationships that I have and ask myself what were some bigger opportunities for me to share my thoughts and yep. experiences and just connect with people on a deeper level than just sitting behind my computer. See, isn't it like so soul warming? I think we're seeing a swing back to where it's like, okay, now we're all on Facebook and sitting behind a screen, but now there's the element of us wanting to like reconnect with each other. And totally. I use social media less and less, even though I own a social media marketing firm, Mm -hmm. because I really crave connecting and conversations and we've become so automated, automated with ordering our coffees on phone. Yeah. I refuse to do all that stuff. It's like, I really get fueled in the morning when I talk to the barista. Me too. Yes, me too. <laughs> so, <important. laughs> so I want to talk though, I mean, because the world is changing so much and you are on the forefront of one of the most traditional uh-huh. services, the radio, and then on the forefront of this most progressive new thing. Yeah. And so how is radio changing? Because from a PR agency perspective, probably a couple years ago, I started to notice that radio got more traction than anything else. And right. we're recommending to our clients when they're looking at marketing budgets and when they are, when we're creating our stri- our strategic plan for publicity, that we're absolutely talking to radio shows. And so, what's your perspective from the inside of radio? Okay, yeah. So, okay, my professional, per- I'll do professional and personal. Okay. The professional perspective was I went into this job almost like backwards. I think most people in traditional radio and traditional media now are trying to get their hands around digital and like be, you know understanding what is this podcasting thing and what is this like? Yeah, because it's so unique. Your yeah, route here. Yes, and especially like all the big, like the intercoms and the iHeart Medias, and everyone's gobbling up podcasts because they know that that's kind of the next big thing. However, I kind of went into radio with a little bit of like a punk attitude of like, yeah, this who listens to this anymore? A lot of people. But yeah, and I am still seeing. I'm I'm very shocked at how not only do we have like you know a really dedicated and great audience base in our station alone, and that's you know one of many stations here, but also a ton of sales clients a ton of like that's where people want to promote their events and we're still seeing a ton of like if we do a call to action of just asking people like we did a random segment the other day about my co-host was making fun of me for eating duck <laughs> like like that I like roast duck and we got dozens of calls of people all saying I love duck like come here for <laughs> crispy duck I'm sorry Peter but like <laughs> but like I do love duck but so that element is still there and I before working in radio I really thought that that was like dead or dwindling but I'm almost seeing now the same kind of thing is that maybe in general, like these things are bringing back like the listening in general to to all of us. You know what I mean. Whereas before, yeah. we were getting distracted by 
music or serious or that kind of things. But now we're, it's been it's gotten so complicated. Yeah, and that we're just like sometimes there's so much noise all the time. When I get in my car, I am. Uh, and I'm a music lover, just like you, but I still want to listen to, I want to fuel my brain with things that are soothing or educational. And so it kind of depends on my mood, but a lot of times, especially if I'm traveling far distance, I want to listen to a podcast right. or the radio. Mm-hmm. I know that when I talk to clients, they're always shocked. It's like newspaper still performs too, which is so fascinating. Yeah, I know. And so I think people have a perceived belief about what they do versus what they actually do. Yes. I think they do things like pick up a piece of paper, which I shouldn't have done because that was a terrible <laughs> No, it sounds good. It's um, like the ASMR one. I actually like <laughs> the paper. I love paper trail. But they pick up a piece, they pick up newspapers unconsciously because it's such a fabric of who they are. Yeah. And they listen to radio passively while they're doing life without realizing that they're doing it. But it seeps in. Yeah. Like Because I think it is, we are so influenced by what our friends say and if our friend is like, oh, this restaurant is great. You got to check it out. It might not hit like that day but then a few months later when you're thinking about what Thai restaurant to go to you'll think about that and I think radio does seep into to our general like consciousness more than we know I was gonna say too the other thing I've seen for sure is that we want to connect with radio listeners are looking to connect with more like authentic hosts now instead of the traditional like disc jockey and I think they're seeing that a lot of the people now are having to share more of their personal life like that's a big yeah. part of my job is having to really come in with content about like what's happening with me personally rather than like talking about Which the Which is be- so the- lucky for everyone because you are <laughs> up to the funniest things all the time and even just going out to lunch seems to be I know like, I don't know how which is like show. already today I was like damn it can I say damn it yeah I was like damn it Meryl I just had like bagels and cream cheese I was like I was trying to dress nice for you but yeah even everything is is like no it's so entertaining and honestly I have I've sent you private messages so many times (laughs) because I get just all the fills from you that's so sweet so lucky for the listeners to have you as somebody that gets to be in their lives every day Mm -hmm. because you are such a genuinely good authentic person thank you we miss that like people are so afraid to make fun of themselves. I know. It's so funny about just... And you're so successful, too. You've done so many great things, but you bring so much light to everything. (laughs) That is so freaking sweet. I really appreciate that. And I, I really, like, part of my mission is to make people feel good about being like not perfect and I think also and to show them you can be successful and you can be silly and goofy or if you don't want to be silly and goofy you could be whatever version of that is but still kind of follow your path and just be confident and I like yeah I have a lot of thoughts on that I definitely think too I, I definitely try to bring like a real voice to to whatever I do and really like take care of my own self-growth that I, so that I can try to bring, like, intelligent and yeah. good thoughts to, like, whatever I do. Out. But thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I really... I'm inspired by you all the time. Oh, that's I, so sweet. I tell Jordan because she is actually somebody that you know, and I'm yeah. like, I felt like such a nerd. I don't even know her. No, I love her so much. <laughs> no, that's great. And I think it's like I think every one of us, because we're all interacting with each other, whether it's like a one-on-one basis or broadcasting to many people. I think like I, it sounds so geeky, but I really take it as a responsibility to like stay as creative as I can. I don't kind think of, that's geeky at all. I think it's what most people should do more of. Yeah. And I think that's why you stand out. Thank you. it is evident in the material that you create Mm -hmm. that you are it's you know it's natural but it's also thoughtful and And kind and we don't we don't need people like making us feel worse or stressing us out I think we need people to be like 
let's just like take a minute and we're not here for that long and you know we just need to kind of be kinder to each other and do it in a way that like expresses our highest vision what if I'm like doing this with a crystal on my head or something Uh, (laughs) I'm like this lucinite that I'm like eating right now (laughs) so great so what about podcasts so what do you I think podcasts are just getting started I don't feel like it's really reached like it's climax in in quality and I'm curious about what your perception is because you do great podcasts and the content is enriching and funny and sometimes a little vulgar and yeah. silly, but like what what do you envision for the future of it okay that's a really good question so on the the personal end of things of going from re- podcasting to radio having this radio job i love it but it does make me even appreciate podcasting even more because a lot of times when we're doing our interviews i just feel like right when we're beginning to get to like the real meat of something that's when we'd have to do a commercial break or yeah. people just i don't know it's just not a long enough time to really dive in and get to know someone's story and it's happened time after time we'll we're we'll these really interesting guests in-house and we have to do these quick like almost a news hit of like the who what why where when you know of all this stuff and then we don't really get to like the crazy things we just had one with the comedian tj miller when he he was in studio and he's someone that like he's been in a lot of scandals he's you know a lot of people have known him about stuff and i kind of just wanted to get into like some of the juicy stuff and i think right when we were about to hit that it's like no we have to go to like a imagine dragon song or whatever but it but long story short is that I think podcasting, I do think it's like the one thing that I wish would would happen a little bit less. Usually I'm of the mindset of like the more the merrier. But one thing that has kind of not been the best thing, I think, for podcasting is having everyone like a Conan and a Dak Shepard. And and they all have a great podcast. But I do feel like it's clogging up some of the more independent ones. You know, it's like it's hard to find the independent ones when you start searching. Yes. Dak Shepard is the first thing that comes up all the time. Exactly. Great content. And it's funny. I totally understand what you're saying. Exactly. And I just read an article somewhere that was like, Conan is the podcast darling. I'm like, he's not, I mean, he's had a, he's a fantastic person. And of course he should have a podcast because of how brilliant he is. But it's just kind of like as an independent podcaster, it kind of, the rest of us are kind of like, oh man, you know, that was, it was, yeah, it was like a new, as an independent place. Exactly. So, but then it's the kind of thing that you just have to believe that like the cream will always, or whatever for the The cream cream and the crop and whatever vanilla flavored oat milk so but I (laughs) that's how I drink these days but like I think podcasting we will see honestly like maybe a little bit too much of a boom where like there'll be way too many you know and then it may scale down I also think too as my podcast Campfire Shit Show we're on uh, this is our second year doing it and it is hard work I feel like to put out, out a podcast weekly there's two of us and we even split the duties and it is like I think when people unless you're outsourcing like the editing the booking the writing you know all that kind of stuff it is definitely it's hard it's like a lot of work and a lot of time and then there's also just the steam of like going through something you know week after week so I think a lot of a lot of the new ones that we see will have like a uh, they call it pod fading <laughs> that basically after like six or seven months it's kind of like the shelf life of a typical podcast and then I think that we'll see like new ones spike up and then leave and then definitely. new ones but I think in terms of in terms of listenership I mean I'm definitely more dedicated to podcast hosts I think than I because it feels like less commercial and it feels more totally. personal but I just think there's so many podcasts out and there's the big ones that are kind of gobbling up the landscape so those are that's kind of the the good and the bad right now I see with podcasts what do you think about people taking that next step to video and 
with all these Netflix shows. I kind of feel like that's the next yeah. step for the people, for the cream that rises to the top or for the people who have budget. Yeah. That the podcast will get converted into TV shows. And what are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. I think it's kind of cool. Like, I think if something st- that people just start in a creative endeavor can lead to something bigger and also, like, transition into a different medium, I always think that's cool. I kind of worry, though, that it would take away some of, like, the real nitty-gritty authenticness that just comes right. with podcasting. A lot of times, like, we don't video ours. Campfire should show. Right. I need to plug it again. But I was just, to, we do video. Plug it as Yeah, no, no, no. But basically because <laughs> I, I feel like it makes people answer differently sometimes when they know they're on camera. Like I agree. I feel I feel different when I'm on camera. Yeah. You want to watch. I feel like, like the FBI is watching me or something. I'm like, hello, yeah. yeah. And so I feel like there's still something very, like, you know, just friendly yeah, about sitting and down. Really. and Yeah. But I'm, I'm in favor if that's helping someone's career and that's helping monetize, you know, what, mm-hmm. a creative project. I like it. I don't think that would be my, like, I, I almost think more of, like, we just did a live show in LA and I think that was super cool and I think that is probably also going to be what we see now too. I've got a bunch of um, like venue people that have reached out to me asking for like podcast recommendations for them to plug in like for you know tours almost so I think it's super cool that that may be like a, a touring thing that we see so instead of concerts or in addition you to concerts to live podcast yeah yep. yeah I have a client that does that and I think it's really beautiful and cool because it gives people access to hear firsthand yeah the answers and it is an experience because like what you're saying with your podcast for Belly Up, having opportunities to interview people like Mick Fleetwood. Exactly. And get the insights of what's happening in his life. Like, that's a huge opportunity, not just for you, but for everybody. For everyone to witness. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool when people are really open and you can, you're not on like a circuit of answering like pre-prepared questions. You know, people are really wanting to see like the, the actual personal side of you. Totally. I love that. So... You work in radio, and I'm sure you're getting inundated with pitches from media relations professionals. Mm -hmm. How is that new for you? Because you were on the other side of that at Belly Up. Yeah. And now that you are at the radio station, what actually gets your attention? Because some of our readers, because this is about talking to marketing and PR professionals and media, just want to touch on that. What works for you? What's not Uh, working? That's a great question. I think, first off, it's important for PR and marketing people to really like look at who you're pitching and the kind of content that they, they deliver on a daily basis. Cause we get so many pitches of people being like, I have this dentist that you may want to talk to. And I'm like, you know, it's clear they haven't listened to the show. We're just another email on a list. That's my biggest pet peeve with my staff and with PR professionals in the world. It's like, please listen, please pay attention. Right. So just five minutes on your drive would tell you that little tidbit exactly exactly and then you're you're it's a waste of everyone's time it's a waste of my time it's a waste of the PR person's time it's you know you're pitching someone that then I don't know it's just kind of like extraneous noise and energy going out and I think it's even like 10 dedicated pitches would be better than I think 300 like you know a wide net to people that it doesn't serve so I definitely think number one is just you know you don't have to listen for hours but just be somewhat aware or task an intern with it or you know have someone listen and monitor and what general type of content do they cover second what I I would say like help the show or whoever you're pitching as much as possible like for us we have a bunch of different segments Mm -hmm. so I think when someone pitches me and says oh I see you do like a movie review segment I have this Netflix actor coming up could he talk about that and tie it in you know they'll almost like make my job easier and craft it into like a segment that we already do or that would be similar to something we would already do 
And then next up, I would say just like a brief synopsis. We, it's strange that we still get people that there's not like the bullet points of, of why we would like to talk to them or what it is really that they're promoting. Like, is it still like a formal pitch? Yeah. Like a story and you're like, I don't understand if you're telling me to come to the event as an individual or if you actually want me to do a segment. Exactly, yes. Sometimes yeah. I review pitches from people on the team and I go, whoa, guys... You're, it, I don't. If I read this, I think I would think you might be inviting me to the event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you show me? up and you're like, "Oh, we didn't mean you. We just been talk about the event." Yeah, we just got pitched by like a, a medium, like a psychic medium. And normally, I would be into that kind of stuff all day long. I think that's hilarious. It's great content. But I couldn't tell. Like, is there a book that she's promoting? Is there an upcoming show? Like, like what's the take? Action? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she just want to do our readings? And so the the least resistance of of someone in a pitch that I can get, where you're telling me like why it's relevant to our station what will happen at the interview and kind of like listeners be able to get from it yeah exactly so I think something as simple as that I love getting pitches and the other thing too is that if I can't use it for the radio show I'll keep it for like if to see if it will funnel into either a podcast interview or maybe even it might be of interest to to one of my other like Podfly clients, like my other podcast that I work with. So I, I mean, I love getting it as like wide as possible, just because I have different funnels that I can put them all in. But I think like another. I think that's an important thing to hear. Young PR professionals often worry they're being pestery to media people, and it's like I always say, you're not if you're helping them, if you're right. serving them, and you're creating content that will. Potentially, you should always be thinking about creating their next award-winning segment or their next award-winning show and giving them like the most amazing package. And if you do that part, they're not going to be annoyed. They're going to be grateful. And that's how a positive relationship begins. Exactly. Yep. And being on the media side of things previously... I can tell you, too, how quick the media list changes for stuff like radio and TV, where, like, people just get fired, like, weekly. And I know for us, whenever we would send out a press release, I'd get, like, 10 more bounce-back emails. And I'm like, what? This just happened. So I think another thing, too, is just staying current, like, whether it's a monthly kind of combing through of who's relevant. Because, once again, it's a waste of time if you're sending it to, like, a contact that doesn't exist anymore. And I know for us, like, there's two of us on, on our show. And I would say, like, I'm probably more of the one that's apt to, like, get back to people on email and more of the email end of things so it's kind of like if if you're hitting a dead end with one person on a media show then try either like the promotions director or a program manager well, i was gonna ask that does it offend you guys when you both get similar emails no in fact i mean i i love my co-host chris so much and he won't be mad i'm saying this but i don't even think he like checks them or like <laughs> he he has like is one of those people that has probably like uh, two thousand well, emails and there you know are probably thousands of people who are emailing him on a regular basis because he has been in it for so long yeah looking back in my files trying to remember like how far back i feel like i pitched him when I started. Yeah. Like, he's been in it as long as I have been in it. Right. And like. yeah, someone like him almost needs like a me or someone that's really like looking for, like more scouring for that type of yeah. stuff. Cause I think there's, it's just different personality types too. You know, like what he's more looking maybe at some technical stuff. I'm looking at more of the PR and media end of things. Totally. So you've had the opportunity to interview so many incredible people. Yeah. What are some of your like most amazing moments that you've experienced in this business? Because it is such, I think what you do is so cool and it's, it's such a privilege. What are some of the things that have just blown your mind? Oh, that's really cool. I would say, let's see, 
a lot of, and this isn't just because you and I are both women, but I would say like <laughs> some of my best interviews have been women. You know, I really, there's a local gal here, Tristan Prettyman. Oh, I love, I love her. her. And then Anya Marina. And I think like, I've definitely interviewed people that in terms of like music, I mean, those, they're famous, you know, quote unquote, but I think there's, I've definitely interviewed like the CeeLo's and those type of people. But it's, I think for me personally, like connecting with a woman, like someone like a Tristan or an Anya, we talked for like two hours straight and I felt like this random person walked in as a stranger and we walked out as like sisters. I'm like, I love you. Good luck with that guy, you know? And so those moments are really special in terms of, oh, I got to podcast with my like absolute crush, Bob Schneider, the musician. Oh my God. Who's so hot. And like, he was always my like, so, so, so hot. And I got to have a, did you have starstruck moments? Not, no, I was never happened. No, honestly, no, maybe not even starstruck, but the only time I kind of felt a little bit like nervous, nervous is when I interviewed the band, the rusted, rusted root, the band rusted root. And I love them too. It was just a little, it's, it's intimidating to be like one on six. Like basically they were all sitting around and they were so nice and they were so kind, but you know, there's still that like herd mentality and you kind of feel vulnerable when it's like you interviewing six or seven people or five or six people at once. Cause like they could so easily be mean or bullies or, you know, just kind of like not answer you and then make it super awkward. And I found them to be really nice and really agreeable. So sitting down to that, like my co-host was out sick that day and I was like, ah, this is, I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. But luckily they were very kind and like took it easy on me. Oh, my definite career high was one of the first interviews I did at the radio station. And I knew my co-host was also going to be on vacation that week. And uh, a veil for Melissa Etheridge came through. And I was like, I really want to talk with her. And luckily the co-host, my co-host was awesome. And he's like, do it now, do it by yourself. You got it. You know? And so I got to sit down with her and, or talk over the phone with her, but something like that was so cool because she's such a legend and so professional and I thought like we got into like what she drinks in her green smoothie and I just thought like I had I was very happy that her and I connected the way that we did rather than just it be like the traditional type of of talk and I really have found it like I guess this is for anyone that is doing this type of stuff too or interested it really goes a long way to look at the book that someone's sending or you know I guess if you're PR you're on the other end of things but like media people do really re- like listen to the album ahead of time or read the book or you know some people some of us do and I think the more you can prepare them with like why this book is special what's the point of this new album you know it helps kind of craft a message when we're interviewing people absolutely well, you do such a great job and it shows so much that you care. Thank you. What are some tips that you could give people who want to do what you do with their career? Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, not good. It's not a good idea. It no. is a good idea. No, go into like carpentry or something. No. <laughs> uh, uh, some tips I would say, start small. Like I think a lot of times people will see the finished result and they're like, I want to do this or I want to, you know, I want to have a podcast or have a radio, be on a radio or something like that. But I think it, it starts with like starting very, very micro small and whether it's just sitting down with a friend and starting a podcast, like you don't even need to put it out. You could just try it and have a few episodes and see how it goes. Or even like, you don't have to sit down in like an hour long format. Just say, Hey, can I grab 10 minutes of your time and have like three questions that you ask people that you ask people that, you know, the standard three questions that you can ask and you can ask everyone in your life and start to get started that way. Writing wise, I was very surprised at how good of a living I could make writing for Podfly. And I think like, like I think they're closed for business, not closed, but I think they're like not, <laughs> they're not hiring per se, but I think like, other companies, you never know who may need a copywriter or a copy editor. And the other thing I was going to say too is I think women sometimes 
more than men, like cut ourselves off because it's like, I didn't go to school as a copywriter or I I didn't go to broadcast journalism school, but like, don't underestimate the skills that you can gain. And I think if you have like a little bit of talent as a copywriter and you grow that more, you really could work as a copywriter. So it's like, you know, there are some jobs that you don't have to be classically trained for and you can still do and do well. Awesome. A lot of people probably don't even know that copywriters exist for podcasts. Can you tell I know. me a little bit about what you're doing yeah. at Spotify and explain that a little yep. bit more? Basically, so in podcasting world, they're called the show notes. So, you know, the show notes is, in this episode, Jennifer and Meryl talked about, like, the, her coffee and <laughs> Cindy Lauper. So it, some of the clients like the show notes to be very, like, TV-ish about just a description of what the episode is about. Other people, and what I've found, is they like more detailed, almost timestamp information because then they put it up on their blog or their website and then that generates some like SEO and you know the more we can link back to what the books that people mention are or you know if we put the Cindy Lauper link in there it just helps kind of raise the the SEO so there's 11 different podcasts that I write for so what are the topics that you're writing for it's all different so one of my favorite ones is a podcast called this is 50 and it's two women and one of the women is this Sherry Salata so basically she's really well known because she was Oprah producer for like a gazillion years so she left Oprah to go start her own company and this is that company's podcast so it's about two ladies like rebranding themselves in midlife and they're just they're hilarious and really cool and funny so they have like Deepak Chopra as their guest you know they're definitely at like the the next podcasting level for sure but their style tends to be very like magazine-y the way they want me to write it's more like instead of giving away what the article is about more kind of like teasing the listener exactly and then I have very technical ones which is I have a one called the leadership podcast and they're just like nuts and bolts they want exactly what we've talked about as though it could be like a syllabus you know so there is no right or wrong answer that's also what I'm seeing in podcasting is like there's different formulas that work that all lead to success it's not like this one thing works, you know, they're one of the best podcasts now is my favorite murder where two girls just talk about like murder and they go on tour talking about these. I know. So, so it's kind of like, that's not for me. No, I'm me neither. I, I try to listen and then I'm always like running to my car scared at night. So I need to keep it happy. Like, but so this is a good segue into the next question. I wanted to find out you have your hands on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. How do you stay emotionally, mentally balanced? How do you manage all these? Yeah. There's a lot of things that you're working on. Oh, everything that I do really, it brings me joy. Like it really does. And I think there, I don't, it's so funny because I've had like one job before and that job was so depleting for me. And then now I have like five or six different things and those are all energizing to me. So I think it's really about finding work that gives you energy. And of course there's days that I sit down and I don't feel like writing, but overall I get very inspired by like what I do all the time. And I think that's a big key to maintaining energy and stamina. Cause I think too, I've, I've had jobs before where you just sit there and you're like, I have a headache, I have a shoulder ache, you know, and you're like, you turn in on yourself and you're like, you know, you start Googling like weird things you shouldn't Google just because you're bored. But I think for me, that type of stuff. And then also in my personal life, I've really tried to like trim down the fat of like everyone that I hang out with, I think is also a really uplifting person. And I really love, like, I don't know. I have, I try to surround myself with like really great, awesome people. So I don't have to spend a lot of time nursing like toxic relationships and you know. What's your advice to the person that has the headache and the shoulder ache right now? (laughs) 
I honestly wouldn't say like quit your job right away. I would one thing from going freelance or deciding to leave a job that's not good for you is really really like financially build up a nest egg because that's something I had wish I did more of when I left my like full time job was if I could do it again I would probably work double time and like pay down my car pay down a lot of stuff so that when you do leave that finance really isn't that big of a headache. But if you're not in that position, start in all your spare time, start working towards something that you think may make you happy or that side job because we all have a spare time and we all waste time. I just put a thing on my phone to tell me when I've been on Instagram for an hour a day and I'm like, wow, I really do have an extra hour a day. I just haven't been aware of it before. So, you know, a Friday night, it sucks, but you may have to sacrifice it working towards that other goal. So instead of like, like I'm all in favor of like going to wine and drinking wine for hours, but I think like having one of those a month as opposed to four of those and working on your goals the other time is not crucial, but it's, it helps. How do you handle the feedback? Like you're in the hot seat. Every yeah. Morning. How do you, so to me, I was sharing with you before we got on here that I think I wanted to be a radio host when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then I experienced debilitating anxiety in my early twenties and, or 19 maybe. And all of a sudden I was second guessing everything I was saying. I was always worried about hurting somebody's feelings or wondering if what I said, if it was misunderstood, how do you manage that? And is that something that ever comes up for you? Yeah. And also before this, you said you may have wanted to be a musician and I feel like you'd be the coolest bass player ever. I feel like you're a bass player because they're Um, cool. and You did? (laughs) Experience at least. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I loved it. And I even own a bass. Really? I feel you're such a cool bass player because I feel like bass players have to be cool and a little (laughs) bit mysterious. But so the first thing I could think of when you asked me that was, it's funny too because I I play very different roles on my podcast I'm kind of more of like the like my podcast partner Bo is way more of like the straight man he's a fun starter kind of yeah I'm like he's always like he's like oh Meryl you know it's about me like having accidents and spilling stuff and I think like you know I am like the quote shit show on that show and so a lot of times with that I've gotten feedback that I almost can go so far off that like people either don't find me relatable or I get the like you're crazy you know that type of stuff and then it's so funny because then the radio show we got a bunch of feedback back and people are like I like her because she's relatable and like almost like corny and stuff so it's funny that it's like all these people can have very different opinions but like I just try to really check in with myself and realize like that's nice and thank you but it doesn't affect me one way or another an so. opinion outside of yourself can't yeah you. and I think that is great advice for anybody in the world right, right? you are who you are and you shouldn't be anything other than that but exactly yeah I have to say I think that fully comes through with you always and thank I you. just think that's one of your gifts is you just seem unstoppable <laughs> being who you are and most people as sad as it is struggle with being their self yeah self and and people can cut us down without even knowing of just saying oh she's like that and then it's like we be that we believe oh she is like that but I think it's really important for like people that do want to be out there or just want to be themselves to have like a daily practice where you just check in and kind of like it doesn't have to be breath work or anything like that just whatever is good for you to check in with like who you really are so that way when you're out in the world all these things don't penetrate you to the point of like stopping your 
your totally. kind of dreams, all that stuff. But I've gotten the radio job was the first time that it was a lot of people that like didn't know me coming like they coming felt at me. Of their show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was one like I won't go into the whole story, but basically, uh, I passed up Paul McCartney tickets and I ended up sleeping in my car <laughs> instead instead of going to the concert. And I told it on the radio, knowing that like Paul McCartney's a legend. Of course, like I'm an idiot. Like I'm an idiot for not wanting to go. I I get that, but I also understand like my truth, and that's like I don't really care about seeing Paul McCartney. And so I knew it was going to make a lot of people mad. I tried to do it in a respectful way and like not sound like very entitled or bratty. But I but people tweeted at me like I hate you. And the other thing too is I also I love love. I'm one of the weirdos that like I love Los Angeles, so I go up there a lot, and we have kind of made it into our like a bit on our show. And people will tweet at me, like, if you like L.A., go home with, like, all these thumbs down. So I just have to be, like, that's their opinion. And, like, send – I just, like, try to send love to them. I'm, like, we're all trying to do our best, and they're probably dehydrated. And, like, you know, like, we're all just, like, struggling. So I just feel like it's it's fine. Like, I welcome that, and I don't mind. And, like, not even in, like, a weird way, just in a – I think it's amazing that you – it doesn't affect you. And I think that's why this is for you and why it's not for everyone. And I Yeah. What is for you? What's the big picture? Like, what's your – I know you've accomplished so much. <laughs> what is your like? If I could do anything, yeah, what I would do right now. Ooh, question. Okay, in full full sincerity, my mind has been like I feel like I've been more like local or regional in my couple of years. I I'm trying to even think bigger and have it not be so. Even though my job is like you know hosting a local radio station, but in all my kind of efforts, doing stuff that's like more, it can be anywhere. It's not like location specific. And I do see myself living in Los Angeles, maybe in a few years. And so maybe doing a combination of almost like what I'm doing now, but on just a little bit of a larger scale. So like maybe writing for some TV shows or continuing with podcast writing and a little bit of performing. So I I'm like a mishmash soup. You I like probably it have all the contacts to make that happen. I think right I now. do. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I like this job for I, for now. You know, it's it's great for now, and I really appreciate it. But I would be remiss if I didn't say that. Like, I kind of would see myself there. Yeah, but well, we'll see. I can't wait to see that happen. <laughs> What's the one person that you haven't interviewed yet that you like? It's on your list. Oh, yep. Uh, I have two. Okay. Adam Carolla. I love oh. Adam Carolla, and I really want to just talk with him about some of like I as a listener of his. I have some questions that have just come up over the years that I'd like to ask him. And then the second one, who has turned me down for a podcast, but I still love her, Alanis Morissette. Oh, really? And yeah. She was so amazing when she was here. With yes. That belly I know. Oh, she's a goddess. She really is. It was a powerful show. It I sat was. there in tears. I felt like it was like the soundtrack to my entire like, yeah. high school, college years. And just seeing her in such power and grace. I know. So Isn't incredible. she? She's really like something else. She, she really is. Down? Maybe, maybe like. Later when she has the babies are a little older. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I and I understood. I'm like, if I was her, I'd protect my baby with everything I've got too. But I think she has she has a podcast too called Conversations with Alanis. And I like, really? yeah, I, that. It's, I, I love it. It's very interesting because she it's not a musician end of things. She's very interested in like almost like relationship issues and like attachments, different attachments Makes and like sense listening to the lyrics. Yeah, like love songs, addiction. Right? Yeah. So she'll have on like addiction specialists wow. and she's just brilliant. So I think she's someone that. I would really like to, but you know, all in time. I try to like manifest these things and then like turn it off for a few months <laughs> and not think about <laughs> it. So awesome. Well, I am so grateful to you for your time today and for everything that you do for everyone on a daily basis, sharing yourself with all of us. Thank you. you really this was so much fun. Such a bright light. Oh my gosh. Well, Just I so love being with you. you. Thank you. I'm grateful for, to you too. So thanks. Thank you. 
Interested in receiving free marketing and public relations resources? Visit IlluminateGreatness.com and subscribe to our newsletter to receive valuable weekly content that will inspire you and help you grow your business. That's IlluminateGreatness.com. Thank you for listening to the Illuminate Greatness podcast brought to you by Olive Creative Strategies.